You're listening to episode five of the Brain BS podcast, All or Nothing. Welcome to the Brain BS Podcast, where you will learn how to recognize when the BS detector in your brain is sounding off and how to use that knowledge to get what you want out of life. Now, here is your host, certified life coach from the Life Coach School and podcast newbie extraordinaire, Maureen Kafkas from MK Coach LLC. Welcome back, everybody. Happy to be here for another episode of the Brain BS Podcast. So let me see what's going on with me today. Well, okay, so when you actually hear my podcast, those are on different days than I'm actually recording. So I'm sitting here, it's pretty gray and getting a little darker outside and we're supposed to have a big snowstorm tonight. So I started thinking, well, I better um, maybe not record podcasts today. Maybe I better, you know, stock up the fridge and make sure that I have everything I need. And as if we're like going to have so much snow (laughs) that I can't shovel the driveway and get out there. But that's what my brain BS is doing today because I'm having a hard time sitting down and getting ready to record. This happens pretty frequently, by the way. Our primitive brain tries to override what our prefrontal brain planned for us to do. But when we do that, we totally reinforce the primitive brain. And that's the last thing we want to do, right? We want to keep our primitive brain. We love it. It means well. It's trying to take care of us and trying to keep us safe. But we definitely don't want it driving the vehicle, if you know what I mean. So I thought about it and I decided, nope, not going to go to the grocery store, have plenty of food, not going to find a million other things to do instead. I'm just going to sit down and record. And then I also, um, like, I've had a really fun week. It's been great. I've gotten a lot of positive feedback about the podcast. I'm, you know, sure there's negative feedback out there, but I haven't heard it. So I'm just going, going with the good stuff since I get to make up the story in my mind anyway. And I wasn't even sure in terms of downloads, like what's good, what's bad. I really am like, you know, it's this is all a work in progress. But anyway, so I looked it up, I Googled it because I Google everything. And I saw that 141 downloads for a podcast is the average in a month. So I'm at 192 in my first week. So I'm hoping that what I'm saying is tapping into something that people care about because I care so much about this and I'm so passionate about it. And even though it's a blast and it's so fun because I'm sitting here talking and I'm looking at all the beautiful trees in my yard, pretending like they're people. So I'm not just talking into the air. Um, It's really fun, but oh, I'm on a mission here. I really want people to understand that the way they're thinking is causing them all of their suffering. We always think it's circumstances, but I assure you, it is not. So I'm going to keep doing my thing, keep trying to educate you about different ways to look at things and give you my perspective on life and hopefully share it in a way that you're going to use it and you'll get the same results as me because I'm living life large, people. I love what I'm doing. I'm thrilled at the age of 57 that I have a new career now and a passion that I, I didn't think was possible to have. So 
Okay, enough of that. Glad we caught up. Good to have you here again. Today's episode is all or nothing. Where does this mentality come from? Is it really working for us? Is it working against us? I mean, we see it in our assessments of other humans, as well as when we actually even look at ourselves. So what is it with us humans that we perceive ourselves and other people in so many situations in such a black or white sort of way? Well, let me answer the last question first. Our primitive brain offers us all or nothing thinking because it's trying to keep us safe and comfortable. It wants to keep everything really clear to ensure our survival and that we fit in with the tribe. Back in the day, you better be paying attention to what your tribe member was doing because they could either harm you or hurt you in some way or they could get you killed. And if you had any question about any of that or their intentions or whether they could do what they had to do and fulfill their part of the bargain, they were out, period. No conversation even had to take place. They were a goner. So these days it's a little bit different. Now, I recognize that there's situations where safety is still an issue, but that's not the purpose of my blog post this week or my podcast. I'm talking about when we feel like we're in danger because of our emotional well-being, not because we have to worry about a tribe member taking us out. So while all or nothing thinking can protect us in some ways and it's beneficial and there's a reason for it, it can also sabotage us in many other ways. Let's talk first about how all or nothing can be beneficial. Okay, so I'm using the example of a heroin addict. Clearly, we're not going to suggest that a heroin addict should be somewhere in moderation with their usage because we know that that's just not the way it works. So in the case of the heroin addict and keeping them from consuming at all, that's a really positive thing and a really good thing that makes sense. Now, in terms of the way we look at the heroin addict and the way we judge them for being a heroin addict, that's a different story because oftentimes there's all or nothing involved in that way too. For instance, I bring up the example of when you're dating and you meet someone and you really like them and you think you're awesome and you think, oh my gosh, this could be the one. And then it comes to your attention that in the past, They used a drug such as heroin. They've been clean for 20 years. They're a really great person. They've achieved all kinds of wonderful things in their life. But as soon as you hear that they're a heroin addict, the first thing you think of is, well, what if they use? What if they go back to it? What if something happens? And then our primitive brain says, run, run for the cave. We could get hurt. This isn't safe. You need to get out of here. So clearly when we're judging the addict, all or nothing thinking is not helpful. But for the addict themselves, all or nothing thinking is totally necessary. So here's another example. And this one's kind of a silly one, but it's a true story that happened to me. I was going out with a guy and he showed up one time with a pair of green jeans on. And I, at the time, not saying I have anything against green jeans now, but at the time it was not really in style. I didn't like it and I was mortified. And I hate to admit it, but that literally was the reason then why I decided that I couldn't be with that guy because he wore green jeans. <laughs> it really is that simple and that easy to turn our brain off 
and on. It's something that we definitely need to be aware of. Another area where it's really prevalent, and I've mentioned this before, is politics. Everybody has their own way of thinking, and they are so concerned about not being heard, not having their needs met, and getting what they want, that they literally can't even be open to the possibility of somebody else having something valuable to say. It does seem that fear is the primary reason why we go from all to nothing, why we run to the cave. Even if that fear is as silly as thinking what someone might think of me because I'm going out with someone who wears green jeans. Now that we've sort of talked about some of the ways that we assess other people with all or nothing thinking, I really want to talk about how we do it with ourselves because I don't think it's as clear to us when we're doing it. And I think it's really important. So let's talk uh, weight loss. How many people who are listening to this podcast have thought about losing weight and decided that they're not going to do it because they have a wedding coming up in two months and they're going to wait until after the wedding comes so that they can then go on a diet and then lose weight and stick with it for the rest of their lives. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that all of us have done that at some point or we actually start the diet and then the wedding comes and we go crazy that weekend and we go from not eating anything because we're trying to get thin and and skinny and look great in our new outfit. Oh my gosh, brides do this all the time actually. And then right after the wedding or at the wedding, we overindulge and then we don't stop indulging for like the next year. Isn't it crazy how we do that with food and beverage? It's like all or nothing. And we can't, we lose all sense of trying to reel it in once we go, once we make that transition. Or how about exercise, right? We decide on New Year's or whatever day, it could be any time, but I just mentioned New Year's because of resolutions. We decide we're gonna exercise every single day and we are gonna get totally fit and we are gonna look amazing. And we exercise every day. And some of us, it's gonna last maybe a week, some of us less. Some of us, though, we might do it for a pretty long time. We might even do it for almost the entire year. And then one day we decide, no, I'm not going to get up today. I'm not going to run today. I'm going to take the day off. And then we never, then we never run again. We stop. It happens all the time. We go from doing it all the time. And then as soon as we flip the switch and we turn it off, it's like we can't turn it back on. I find it so fascinating how that works. And I think it's really important because I think that's the source of a lot of problems with people when it does come to exercise and weight loss, that if they if they could just like put a dimmer on there and kind of turn it off and on a little bit more gradually and not make it so all or nothing, that there would be way more people walking around in a healthier frame of mind and in a healthier state than there are now. I mean, like for in my instance, I lost 15 pounds this year with um, using the life coach school philosophy for losing weight. And it's been really effective. And that's one of the things that they teach you there that you can't just decide because you have a mistake or a mishap that you just throw it all away and then everything else was for naught. 
you just have to get back at it. So at Thanksgiving this year, at Christmas and New Year's, I ate dessert every day of the long weekend. I drank more wine than I normally do. I also indulged in flour, which I usually don't have. But then as soon as those weeks were over, I got back to my normal routine of how I eat and I got back on track. But so, because I think differently now, I have a whole different mindset because I went through the life coach school and I learned a different way of looking at weight. So ultimately in the end, whenever that on or off switch is flipped, it's because of how we're thinking. Because as we know, the way we think generates a feeling and that gets us to take an action and to do something. And by doing something, that's the on off switch. FYI, I am a certified weight loss coach. So if anybody's interested, look me up. I definitely have the secret to taking weight off and keeping it off. And you don't even have to exercise a lot, but that can be another episode. Let's get back to all or nothing thinking. Okay, so all or nothing thinking um, to me is also sort of like black and white thinking. So it's when you are, when a person might do one thing that you're offended by back in 1938 <laughs> and you're still holding a grudge about it and you still think they're a bad person because they said that one small thing. I mean, what is up with this? This happens a lot. People, or they like to call it holding a grudge. Well, holding a grudge is just another word for all or nothing thinking. When all you do is focus on the one negative thing that the person did, or even just a couple negative things and completely overlook the positive, all the other good things about them. I have another good example. When people are trying to decide if they wanna go get coaching or they wanna get therapy and they're trying to decide if they should do it. And they immediately decide they're not going to do it because they know for sure that the counselor is going to tell them they have to stop drinking or the counselor is going to tell them they have to leave their husband or they have to do something else they don't want to do. So instead of going there and talking about it with the counselor, figuring it out and working it out together and having some power and some influence over what's going to happen in their lives, they just don't go at all. Or maybe they do go to therapy, but then they just stop showing up. And then you're emailing them and you're trying to find out and you're calling them and you want to know what's going on and you want to make sure that they're okay. But they've completely ditched you, left you high and dry because it became uncomfortable and they couldn't just moderately go through it or work at their own pace. Again, it had to be all or nothing because there was fear involved. So I think it's pretty clear the more I go through the podcast and edit 50 million times that fear is a big part of all or nothing thinking. So what is the best way to combat fear? Well, in my opinion, and this is the conclusion I came to this year for the first time in my life, I used to think that we needed to try to get rid of fear and to remove fear from our lives. But I now know we just have to get comfortable with fear. We have to be comfortable with being afraid, with the racing heartbeat, with uh, breaking out into a sweat, with the panicky thoughts and feelings that go with it. 
if we can make it so that it's not a problem when we experience those feelings, when we don't really care what anyone thinks about green jeans, when we don't care what anybody else thinks about us choosing to go out with a heroin addict, when we don't care whether we're going to be successful or not at something, whether we might fail, whether we might look stupid, those are all reasons for all or nothing thinking. That's what keeps us in the cave. That's what keeps us coming out in the first place. That's what keeps us doing the same old thing and getting the same old results. We need to be on to the all or nothing type of thinking. We need to be on to our primitive brains that it thinks it's trying to help us and keep us safe, but it is not serving us. It's keeping us from moving forward and getting to the next level. It's keeping us stuck. So I'm sure I could come up with a million other examples of all or nothing thinking. I think it's pretty clear that in some cases it's beneficial to think that way. Uh, but in most cases, it's not. So I hope, if nothing else, what you got from this podcast is that it is a natural thing for a human brain to flip a switch on and off and to experience all or nothing thinking. It is also our responsibility, if we want to have a life that is the type of life that we desire, to be emotionally responsible and be accountable for making sure that we manage that switch, that we sign, we find some way to get a dimmer and to make it more gradual. And we find ways to bring opposites together so that everything doesn't have to be all or nothing. As I'm saying this and I'm listening to my own podcast, it's making me think of gray right? Because that's kind of what it feels like. And I actually love gray. I find it a really soothing and comforting color. But I also think of it in terms of situations and circumstances. And when things are gray, they're not so clear. But I also think that that's where the juices, where the where the best part of everything is. Not when it's so clear, but when it kind of has all of it. It has good and bad and black and white and everything is just all mixed up together and it's complex and it's intriguing and it's rich and it has flavor and that's what that's where life is really at in the gray. So next time you're tempted to fall for all or nothing thinking, I want you to be aware of what you're doing and I want you to consider gray. Have a great week, everybody. See you next episode. If what I said today resonates with you and you want to learn more about your brain, subscribe to my Brain BS podcast and check out my blog at www.mkcoachllc.com. Make sure you also subscribe to my email so you can stay updated about offers that I have and what's going on with the Brain BS community. And always remember, the only thing standing between you and the life you want is your brain BS.